Hey, this is Marcus Philly, and you're listening to the Airborne Mind Show. Hello, everyone. This is Ms. Bahawk. Thank you so much for joining me today, and welcome back to the show. Whether this is your first, second, tenth, or thirtieth episode, I appreciate you tuning in. Your time, your energy, your attention, and your ears mean the world to me. Without you listening, this show would not be where it is today. So once again, thank you. Before we get started, the biggest compliment that you can give is by leaving a review on iTunes. You have no idea how much that helps in terms of rankings, bringing more awareness to the show, and bringing on more interesting guests. So if you could take two or three minutes, not while you're driving, but take two or three minutes, go ahead, leave a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, be sure to head over to theairbornemind.com where you can check out some free resources and the full show notes there as well. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by audible.com. If you enjoy books and you are looking for something new to read, something that is relevant to problems that you're trying to solve, I made a list for you at theairbornemind.com forward slash reading list. You can see a compilation, compilation, compi- did I say that right? Compilation of all the books that previous guests have recommended on the show. And if you decide you want to go for it, you can grab a free audiobook and 30-day free trial there as well. Once again, that is theairbornemind.com forward slash reading list. Today, my guest is Marcus Philly. This is his fifth appearance on the show. Uh, last time he was on was episode 47, right before I was about to start Awaken Training Series 2.0. And, you know, since then, I've been really intrigued about the intricacies that go into building an engine. Um, for some of us, it's that time of year. You know, if we're preparing for the open, it's creeping up on us. For others, we just want to not die on the assault bike. And that's exactly me. So using myself as a case study, we talk about breathing progressions and what that might look like for my case and for long-term development. And due to heightened interest, we keep the dialogue going around functional bodybuilding and the evolution that we've seen over the last six months since the birth of Awakened Training Series. You know, I always say that I measure time in podcast episodes. Like I can think back to what I was doing and what was going on. Um, So this was a very surreal reflection for me when I think about our first episode ever, uh, episode number 17, um, still finding my groove. I was in Pennsylvania, uh, you know, doing the podcast in my room. And, you know, episode 60, I'm now over here. We uh, got to do this in person. And so much has happened, you know, in between. So, you know, always a fulfilling conversation with this guy. And uh, I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And more importantly, hope you do something with it. Marcus, welcome back to the show. Nisba, thanks for having me back, man. <laughs> so last time we chatted was uh, episode 47. And I've said this before, I measure time in podcast episodes. Like I can, <laughs> I can think back to that episode and be like, wow, all, you know, all the different things that were going on for me around that time. 
you know, I was here to visit last time. We were just about, I was just about to start up ATS 2.0. So, and a lot I'm sure on your end has happened since then as well. Oh my gosh, so much has happened. Yeah. What episode is this going to be, or what episode are you at roughly now in the process? Well, this one is going to be episode 60. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. Um, <laughs> and for anybody listening, if you haven't listened to Marcus's previous ones, like the first one you were on was episode 17. Yeah, that was a while back. Yeah. I remember last time we were talking, uh, I think in the middle of our conversation, I said something like, well, yeah, this is my third time on the show. You're like, no, this is your fourth time on the show. I was like, <laughs> yeah. my gosh, just <laughs> flying by. Time is flying by. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, um, let's dig into like what you looking back about 12, 13 weeks ago. Yeah. The second round of ATS was about to kind of start up. What was kind of going on for you at that point and what's happened since then? Um, let's see, 12, 13 weeks ago, our daughter, I think was just, no, I don't think she was sleeping through the night yet. So that was a big deal for us at the time. Um, you know, we were in like the fourth month. She was like almost waking up every 15 minutes a night and it was just unbearable. And we were really kind of, it's hard to even remember back to how much of a struggle that was, but, um, you know, our daughter turned seven months uh, a couple weeks ago, and she's been sleeping pretty soundly, knock on wood. Um, and it's really changed my life and my wife's life and our life together, um, and it's made her a happier little baby. So <clears throat> that's been huge. All you parents out there know exactly what I'm talking about, either because you haven't experienced it or you have experienced it. <laughs> um, uh, from a training perspective or, like, a coaching perspective, um, you know, we were arriving at the end of, so when we spoke last, it was the end of the first cycle of Awakened Training Series that had ever been released. Mm -hmm. You know, we had um, a pretty good turnout the first time, and I was just starting to get this sense that, oh my gosh, you know, people know about what we're doing with functional bodybuilding through Revival Strength, and, and then this program, this Awakened Training Series program. Uh, I had just come back, I think, from like regionals, um, the California Regional, competition in San Diego and it was the first time I'd been out of like really out of the house since you know Noah was born and people were coming up to me and saying things like man the program's been great and you know thanks for putting out the content and um, it was a bit of a shock to me that there was really that much interest and awareness in the community about what was happening and what we were doing so um, it kind of I kind of knew there was like a swelling of interest at the time and I was excited to see kind of what the 2.0 series would bring, um, what new participants would join in to start their 1.0 journey at that time. And, uh, and since then, it's uh, so many things have changed, which I'm sure we'll get into. But um, yeah, that was where we were at then. That was crazy a while back. Yeah. And I remember, you know, starting up 2.0 at that point, thinking like, oh, what you know, what is this going to bring? What's going to be a little bit different about this? Um, so for me too, these episodes have been like a great marker because it gives me a chance to think back to like the entire experience. And especially the, I'm really glad I did the before and after pictures, uh, you know, before 1.0, after 1.0. And now I'm excited to use, you know, we did uh, an in-body scan. Yeah. And I got the caliper testing done the other day too. Yep. And the one thing I've noticed is like, Definitely my nutrition has been cleaned up even more since the 1.0, yep. um, which I think makes a difference. Like I feel 
like I've put on a little bit more muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we all see it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I see myself every day. So I'm like, oh, I don't really feel a difference. But people have like, even on Instagram have noticed where they're yeah. like, dude, you look jacked out of nowhere. And I'm well, like, there's that. And you got your shorts tr- uh, like t- tailored back a little bit. So you're showing more quad now. <laughs> and so the combination of some more muscle and more quad showing, it really sends people on Instagram. Cra- it makes go crazy. I'm really happy. I, I feel. I feel like I've been on my Instagram game lately. Yeah. Because um, I, you know what I got? I got a comment the other day that was like, it, it made it real for me. And <laughs> it, it, what it was, it was like the guy was like, "Dude, what shoes are you wearing?" Yes. And I was like, I was like, literally, that's when you know you made it. Yeah. Like that, that's a question Marcus gets on every single post yeah. like three times. So it's it's uh it's been cool to document this entire process. Yeah. Man. You know, I just I'm fascinated to have like a body of work to look back and be like, damn, like and it just reminds me just like these podcasts, mm-hmm. what was going on in that period. Yeah, well I, I, you've been um you know, I don't want to give an award for best student but if I had one to give, <laughs> maybe you would get that award, the Awakened Training Series Award. Um, but what to me really stands out is that, you know, when I first started, when I first thought, okay, let's put out a program for people to follow that isn't individualized, it's, it's a group program, you know, I, I knew going into it, there are some, down, there are some drawbacks to a group program um, that part of me felt um, reluctant to kind of dive into because I want people to have a great experience. And I know that if we can't individualize it for everybody, there might be some holes or gaps in the training that don't fit perfectly for each individual. But I also hoped, hey, I'm gonna put something out there that will expose people to principles um, and make them just look at things a little bit differently with their training. You know, um, Maybe look at things differently in their life and their recovery and how they eat, fuel themselves, uh, how they think about fitness. And, you know, since we met prior to ATS 1.0 and we did our first podcast together and watching, you know, you over the past seven months, I mean, there have been so many things that have changed. I've seen change in your life, things that you have, uh, you know, truly awakened to, whether it be a a core belief in how you want to coach other people, uh, a core belief in how you want to feed yourself and eat and nourish yourself, um, you know, a core philosophy around training and how you want to um, basically train individuals in fitness and the questions that you're asking on your podcast. And um, to me, that's like, you know, the most profound change that uh, I could hope to see in a participant is things that extend way beyond just the, you know, the muscle mass gain that you got or the strength gains that you got. Cause those are temporary, you yeah. know, like if you don't keep working on that, they'll, they'll go away. <laughs> you right. know, you can have a, a great 12 week program, get super, you know, bulked up or leaned out or strong. And if you don't change the way you're living and you don't cha- you know, you don't change, make lasting change, you'll say goodbye to that. And that was my experience when I was younger and all the training programs I did, you know, through my 20s and um, early 20s. And, uh, you know, um, for now, I'm, uh, I'm feeling like, hey, the real benefit is going to be to, you know, give people, like I said, lasting change. And, and it's great to see that that happened through Awaken Training Series. My question is, how did you do that? <laughs> because I see with 
individual design, how that's even more possible because there's so much connection and contact between coach and client. You know, we, we take the time to develop that relationship, stay in communication, but it, it's not just me. I think you've been able to do this for other participants as well. And I'm curious, like, do you think it's the training principles and the actual, like, through doing the training, this has happened for people or does it extend beyond that? And like, did you have certain intentions on kind of helping people think beyond the box through some other way? <clears throat> That's a good question. I mean, I think it's it's a it's something that I'm constantly trying to, you know, evolve as a coach is my ability to, um, you know, beyond just the program design. How do we impact clients? How do we impact people in fitness? Um, I think big part of it is through social media. I think it's through the message that we put out on my own personal Instagram page, on Revival Strength's Instagram page, on Functional Bodybuilding's Instagram page. You know, it's the educational content that's there. It's seeing how the training is being blended into real life. Um, it's seeing the community that we're building at Revival Strength around you know, a core and common belief shared amongst a bunch of great coaches and great individuals on how to live a healthy, happy life and achieve our goals. Um, and then, yeah, I think specifically there are things within the program design, especially, you know, uh, notes that, you know, I may add in for clients or in Awaken Training Series in the, in the group program on mentality around how to approach a training day. So you might be you know, weight training, uh, squat specific training day, and the added notes from the coach or from me are to, you know, leave some room in the tank at the end of your five sets of three today. Meaning, don't go to a maximum. Know that in two, in the next two to three weeks, you're going to be building off of this. So the emphasis today is on quality. So that right there you know, is, is a cue from a coach that a client could read and, and maybe it goes over the head, they don't pay attention to it. But while another client reads and it's like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave a little bit, you know, on the table today but by the end of the session, I'm gonna stay under my like max percentages. And they walk away from the training session and they have an opportunity to think about, okay, what did that do for me? Like, oh, it made me feel, um, you know, like I got quality repetitions in it helped me build confidence because I didn't fail a rep today. I made sure I stayed under my maxes. And when they come back in the next week, they have confidence that they can go up in their loads or they can progress, yeah, progress in weights. Um, so small little like actual coaching cues and then kind of the bigger picture message um, that gets put out on social media for, for clients and, and, and non-clients, just people that are watching from afar uh, see like, okay, this is how that gets done and this is how it's put together in a group of people at um, Revival Strength. Yeah, I think those little messages along the way are huge because even on rest days, you know, you're explaining, for example, the flow sessions where it's, you know, sustainable aerobic work just to get blood moving and you're kind of giving people ways to be more creative with those flow sessions. You know, you're like, oh, hey, here's a way that you can do it, but feel free to be creative and, you know, work on some of your individual weaknesses 
using this. Then on Sundays, you've got notes along like, hey, what should the focus around my rest day today be? Um, even though they may seem kind of you know small, but it, it, it shifts something for people when they're coming from a background where maybe only program design sets and reps was like emphasized. And now that there's something a little bit different, a little addition to that, uh, it, it goes a long way. Yeah, I, um, I totally agree. I mean, from the beginning, you know, and continued through the ev evolution of 1.0, 2.0 into 3.0, you know, I, I keep thinking about what are ways that we can, you know, share pieces of knowledge like that that could imp impact people's, you know, health and fitness outside of just the sets and reps. And uh, we're going to continue that into 3.0. And, and this release, you know, we're taking it a step to actually collaborate with a strength conditioning coach who's also a doctor of physical therapy um, at Strength Coach Therapy on Instagram. Um, his name's Teddy, and he's got a ton of knowledge and, you know, just a super informative, uh, you know, Instagram page. And I've been following him, and we've been collaborating uh, – you know, just on ideas or, or, you know, kind of developing a relationship. And I was like, man, why don't you put together some content that we can um, add to Awaken Training Series for, for our, you know, our clients, our participants to learn from and to, again, like bring a new awareness to how they might approach training, they might approach recovery, they might approach their active recovery days. So that's something that we're like, bringing to the table this next time, which I don't even think we've talked about, but it's really exciting to think, okay, there are other professionals out there that see the value in what we're doing and want to collaborate with us to, again, extend that, you know, training education, uh, health and fitness education um, model that we're showing to a, a lot of people. That's been something um, that's coming up more and more is like people who are participating within ATS are realizing that they want to learn more and they're following your you know Marcus Philly page functional bodybuilding page and you're putting out you know a dosage of content and education around like hey here's the why behind why we're doing this and it's teaching people that way but there is like this craving to learn more about like I want to know more about what I'm doing and as they're going through it it's cool to see people making connections on their own and having that desire to go out and seek out that type of you know knowledge in a sense um, so I mean I'm sure that's something you've noticed but what are some of your thoughts around that like uh, other professionals that are reaching out or maybe just enthusiasts who are like I want to know more about these training principles yeah I it's happened that's probably been like the highlight of the past 12 weeks is that I've had a lot of people reach out to me I've had you know, video call conferences and calls with, um, and messages and emails back and forth with coaches from around the world who are, you know, interested to learn more, like you're saying, um, drawn to something about what, you know, what, what we're, what we stand for. And, um, you know, and to me, that's exactly what has kind of led me down my, uh, fitness, you know, education path is, you know, seeing somebody or something out there that I resonated with and then, you know, seeking knowledge or information from that person and kind of following following along and then taking that information, putting it into my own life in the way that fits for me. You know, I don't 
I don't I don't pretend to think that this is like this is the way you got to do training and eat and live for the rest of your life and this is the you know you got to live and breathe like awaken training series forever um I hope it's like I said it's a it's tools that people can take into their life and and we're we're learn I'm continuing to learn from the people around me from the participants from the clients um from my mentors and then it's all kind of just this is this is our this is my uh outlet to express what I'm learning and I don't intend to stop learning anytime soon so I do want to continue to have outlets for that um and I want to be able to share that with other you know individuals that want to upgrade their own experience or they want to you know upgrade their clients experience and they want to learn a little bit more about what we stand for and um you know that's some of the exciting kind of planning and brainstorming and creativity that I'm going to be bringing to the next several months and really the next year is okay what's what's beyond awaken training series you know how can we reach people and get our hands on participants you know are we going to host some awaken training experience where people can come into our revival strength facility and be with us and spend several days learning and practicing you know with our coaches and with me and you know that's exciting to me and um you know having outlets for people to dive deeper than just the program but get into the why behind where what we're prescribing and what we're putting into our programs through like a you know awaken training series like mentorship thing where people can get a little deeper yeah um you know we'll, we'll definitely bookmark that for a second because mm-hmm. what comes up for me is going through ATS 1.0 and then 2.0 I've definitely uh, learned some tools that I feel like are you know necessary to kind of pass along to other clients I'm working with but at the same time I've learned a lot about my individual weaknesses through just going through this program and I don't know if there's there probably is some bias there because I'm involved with individualized design and I'm doing it for other people and so I make those connections in my brain that's like oh I see how this piece for me would be you know this is a little bit above my level Um, so you know the other day like this learning experience is something that's going to continue to evolve for not just me for you for every participant that's there Um, and you've been pretty open about that with like hey like this is a group program and there's limitations when we do these group programs and that transparency is key I -hmm. think Um, but something that comes up for me is like I was doing you know one of the breathing pieces a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. and you know whenever that assault bike is there and it's like (laughs) above like 12 calories I, you know, I die on that thing. It, it, there's, you know, I think it was like row 250 meters, do like this bar complex, mm-hmm. um, you know, like chest to bar, toes to bar pull-ups. Yeah. Then it was like uh, assault bike 21 calories and then yeah. do like muscle-ups, right? Sure. So for me, the muscle-ups and the chest to bar and all that, it was yeah. totally fine. Like You look, you look like a pro. <laughs> yeah. You were flying. I was there. <laughs> And then, and then, <laughs> then five minutes off. later on the assault bike, <laughs> yeah, it starts off like, you know, oh wow, I feel great, feel great, and then all of a sudden I just crash and burn. Yeah, and I, I realized that for me, looking back, like, okay, I had this experience with uh, competitive weightlifting, and breathing work wasn't a huge part of that. Yeah, and it was something that even after that I didn't 
pursue solely. Like I did group fitness for a while mm-hmm. and there wasn't a, you know, development around, um, you know, energy systems really. Yeah. And that's something that's been recent for me is like really seeing like, whoa, there's a way to test your work capacity mm-hmm. and there's a way to develop it. There's progressions for it exactly right. like there is for strength training mm-hmm. and for the functional bodybuilding accessory work that yeah we're using. Um, it's just as organized and I mean, you know, yeah. Ask it, ask great. any track and field coach who's taught, you know, who's, uh, coached, uh, runners. It's like, there's a, yeah. it's a, it, there's a formula so- somewhat for each person that's going to help them progress in that, in their sport, you know, or in their uh, specific time domain that they want to develop. Right. So yeah, you're, you're, what you're talking about is like, there's a, you know, with program design, for individuals, it's about dose and response. Mm-hmm. You know, one dose is going to get you a response, and the response that we're looking for is, you know, blank. Whatever it is that you're trying to develop in that client. Well, I got, let's say, a hundred participants at ATS. <laughs> There's one dose for a hundred different people. There's going to be probably a hundred different responses. You know, and as much as we may try and control how you know, the, you know, what that response looks like. You can't do that when there's too many people. You can get close-ish for some, and uh, you know you can provide people some insight, and you can give notes like what we talked about, like, "Hey, this should feel like this" to help guide them on that. Um, but you know, back to the example you just said, it's like, well, Nisba, you're not, you know, I like I'm riding, you know, these sets and 21 cals in the assault bike. Like maybe I have a 195 pound, you know male athlete in mind thinking about that who's five foot ten okay so 21 calories for that body size and you know body weight um you know is going to feel a lot different than for you you know probably 50 pounds lighter than that person so uh you know the dose there was probably too high for you to achieve maybe the response that we were looking for in that 21 cals you know if you're my individual design client that's probably not going to be the prescription for what we were trying to achieve in that particular set. So, you know, that's where I, I, you know, I'm, like you said, transparent about the limitations of, you know, one group design is that we can't, I can't control all the variables. And, uh, you know, that's something that um, people get to make a choice about once they become aware, like, okay, if I really want to control more variables, if I really want to have a program designed and tailored for me, then maybe I should seek out an individual coach. You know, if I'm not sure yet what I'm doing and I just want to kind of experience some different training principles and philosophies, then we provide the information, like the notes about how things are supposed to feel. We give people real opportunities to compare and contrast different aspects of their fitness and then, like you said, you had this, this ear a little biased because you have some knowledge around individual coaching and design and, you know, you're, you're exploring that on a daily basis with your clients. But even if you didn't have that, I think that after 24 weeks of doing this, you could really have some clear distinction between like, wow, I'm, I feel a lot more comfortable in this aspect of my training and I feel a lot more like, uh, law, I feel a lot more lost in, in this other area. I'm not as fluent when it comes to, you know, let's just call it breathing work or um, sustainable aerobic efforts. You know, I don't have as much ability to kind of bounce between movements or I can't 
I do okay if it's a rower, but on a bike, I'm not doing okay. So versus weight training, you're like clean, snatch, jerk, like whatever the complexes are, like you can handle it pretty well. So boom, it like lights up this, uh, you know, light bulb in your head that's like, yeah, maybe the only way I'm truly going to learn that is if I get into the specifics, just like doing the weight training uh, progressions, I need to get into the specifics of breathing progressions. And that is, you know, that's the awareness that uh, I think a balanced, you know, I'm putting the quotes up, but a balanced group program can can offer people. Uh, And that was my experience actually in 2000 and I want to say 10. I was following group programming at the time from uh, James Fitzgerald and you know I was having success in 80 plus percent of the stuff and then there was like you know days where I would just be like what is happening I don't even know how to do this and uh, it just that 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 20 percent of the time just really got highlighted for me and that was when I was like okay James you're my coach like I got to do this one one to one thing that's really how I'm going to grow so yeah, that that's it's good. That's a good point you bring up, and something that you know I think people um, hopefully over time will have a, an opportunity to see and feel, and then make a informed decision about with their training going forward. Yeah, a couple different directions I want to go with that. One is uh, the dose and the response. That if the dose is too high for somebody like that, the twenty-one calories for me was like death (laughs) and doing it four times was like oh my gosh this is never gonna end yeah like that can be counterproductive to Mm -hmm. that you know development in that energy system right uh maybe yeah counterproductive and and or just unproductive right it's like i want to go get uh really good at swimming and you show up and there's just a mountain there you're like, well, that's not what you're, you're, you're walking up a mountain that that's actually not a good idea. If you want to improve your swimming, right? Yeah. You know, if you want to improve sustainable aerobic efforts, and you give somebody something that is like, you know, far too difficult for them to ever do sustainably, then they never even get experience doing it. Um, so it's, it might be nonproductive, or in the way you phrase it counterproductive, if you give too high a dose. And as a result, you get this like, high intensity response maybe a lactic acid response or you know a high stress response it ends up maybe you know messing somebody up more than than the intent was and so they're 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 going to take longer to recover from a training session where they pushed way too hard because of the wrong prescription not only did they not even touch the training zone that they were supposed to be in but they went really hard and then their training session the next day or the next day or the next week is impacted negatively. Um, so yeah, it can be, uh, it can be both, but, um, definitely, uh, that's a fine line, you know, and then it goes the other way too, you know, under prescribe, like mm. not enough of a dose, um, which I think some people experience in group design as well. And, and even, you know, any kind of design where it's like, man, this isn't really enough for me. Like right. I need more, you know, or, and they're thirsty for more and you know somebody wants to hold them back too much now a sustainable aerobic effort and pacing those two things for me like we touched on it a little bit last time totally foreign for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we touched on it a little bit last time and 
I'm real like it's foreign for me, but I'm realizing with the clients I'm dealing with too that it's not just me. There's a lot of people that yeah. this stuff is really foreign to because they only know one gear. Yeah. Um, and you said last time it was like hanging out in that like black dick endurance type of you know bath. I think you said it's like yeah, it's a, a, a lactic, it's a lactic bath. bath. Yeah. Like if that's all you know. I mean, you'll, that's just one energy system, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 tr and truthfully, a lot of people don't even know what that feels like because they're not even strong enough or more or powerful enough to get there, you mm -hmm. know? So they just know, like, just go, like, I don't know. <laughs> they have one go button. Right. Um, yeah. So this learning of pacing, mm -hmm. um, and learning how to just know your gears and control everything and to make sure that you you know what is sustainable mm -hmm. you can you can manipulate that when you're put into a you know let's say a competitive setting mm -hmm. or you know you're put into like a 10 minute grinder you have a little bit more awareness around how to control your effort which that alone i think separates you from many many people that are probably around you yeah right? yeah i mean it's um it's been the biggest learning in my like athletic career for the past seven years you know i i kind of got i think i actually probably 10 or 12 years ago i had my first exposure to like sustainable aerobic work it was i i got a road bike and i started doing some road road biking you know and i would go you know i would go I went for a 40 minute ride. Oh my gosh, it was the longest thing I'd ever done, right? Mm -hmm. Then I was going for an hour ride. Then it was an hour and a half. Then it was a four hour ride, you know, up and down and over the mountain. And, you know, I was on my bike. And, and that right there, I learned like, okay, I can go at a hard or a moderate pace for this long. And this is how long I can hold this pace. And if I, if I go too hard, you know, the first couple of times I went for a bike ride, I'm going up a hill and I had to get off and walk the bike because I was just, didn't know what I was doing. I was mm. pushing too hard. And so I got this little exposure to it through cycling, right? I never got there as a runner, even though I played soccer when I was younger. I was an, I was an anaerobic athlete. That's why I gravitated towards being a goalkeeper after a couple of years in high school. I was like, this is it. I can jump, sprint, dive, you know, knee people, punch people, grab the ball out of the air. Like that was good for me. Um, so yeah, I mean, I struggled through you know, college running conditioning. Like they're like, you got to go do a two mile, like time trial. I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is terrible. Like I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, had the little exposure to biking after college. And then, you know, it was kind of back to weight training, doing more like sprint, sprint work, got into CrossFit, kind of basically thought, Oh, CrossFit's just another like all out sprint thing. Um, and then, you know, I started to see some like longer CrossFit events, which would just crush me like 2011 sectionals chipper to finish the event. It was, uh, 25 burpees, lunge a hundred yards, 25 burpees. Then this dumbbell shouldered overhead farmers carry five rounds deal. Then another bunch of burpees then a one K row, then a run around the thing. And I, I remember that event so clearly. I was like next to Neil Maddox and Gabe Subri and Pat Barber. Okay, so like top dogs at the time. And I'm like this nobody, you know, and I like, I get 50 yards into the lunge. That means I just did 25 burpees. And 50. I look around and I am way past everybody. I basically sprinted my 25 burpees. 
lunged like full speed 50 yards, looked back, all the cameras were on me and all these like guys were way behind me. And at that instant, I was like, I made a mistake. <laughs> like, this is not good. Because <laughs> I was already breathing hard, and I didn't even know it yet, but I had another 22 minutes of just suffering ahead of me. So, again, just super, um, like, you know, illiterate when it came to that kind of, you know, understanding and, and, and reading of breathing pacing. And so, yeah, I mean, that was kind of shortly before I hired a coach and got into trying to learn it and um, spent six, seven years really in my training trying to develop an understanding of how to do that, you know, and it takes, a, it took me a long time. And the only reason I can speak to it, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't claim to be the best um, coach of, you know, coaching aerobic principles and, and progressions and developing these systems in people. I understand it quite well now, but I was a really great student at it. I listened to my coach. I got into the details. I, I, I listened to the philosophy of like, okay, when you finish this set, you got to stop. And within two minutes, you got to be ready to go again. So pace that first one. So like coaches will try and give you like, here, you're going to run at this time frame. You're going to, you know, row at this time frame, and that's going to be your pace. And that's helpful for some people. I was more of like a, a feeling type of person. I needed to feel and know what it was supposed to feel like and connect with that feeling and then go out and do it and be like, man, I pushed too hard. That didn't feel right. I'm I'm feeling, you know, or I didn't push enough. And, and it was, you know, that slow game of uh, trial and error, um, you know, that, and I talk about this. It's like thousands of hours on bikes, rowers, and running, and then doing just simple, you know, couplets and triplets. And, um, and then many years later, you know, I started to be able to feel really capable of doing that in a variety of settings in a 10-minute grinder in a competition setting knowing how to dial it up and dial it down because now I didn't just have one pace I didn't have just my go button I had gears mm. you know so my coach taught me you got to have not just third gear fourth gear fifth gear you got to have third gear fourth gear 4.1 gear 4.2 4.3 you know yeah. like levels to it expand that um, toolbox and uh, you know that's that's like percentage uh, breathing work mm -hmm. you know versus percentage lifting work that people do and you know know how to move at different percentages of your maximum capacity and that will sustain you through different levels and um, time domains and you know competition efforts or just teach you how to get a lot more out of your training feel better um, recover faster and enjoy, you know, your life rather than leave the gym feeling like you just got, you know, kicked in the, kicked in the gut yeah. and have a bad rest of your day. <laughs> um, that brings me to testing yeah. and there's many ways that we can test some of this stuff. And it's very common to look at benchmarks, like let's say Fran or Murph, right? And those are those are mixed modal type of testing environments that we don't know who the individual, let's say it's, it's me, I may not be fluent in some of, some of those things where it's not the most accurate way for me to see, hey, is, is my aerobic capacity improving? Mm -hmm. um, and so what that brings me to is the 10 minute assault bike test, for example. Mm -hmm. That's something that all ID clients kind of, uh, not all, but for the most part, they kind of go through that just because, yeah 
the idea behind that type of test is that we're seeing not only like okay how many calories do you put output on the bike but like what's your mental toughness like going into it mm -hmm. um do you have a concept of hey i'm, I'm gonna pace this first little half and then gear up from there yeah um and I think we could make this actionable for some people listening who want to kind of explore breathing work. Uh, another layer of that is like, let's say that this 10 minute assault bike test, like what, what is considered, you know, is there an average score or something that you've developed where you're like, okay, this, this, this amount of calories, 135 calories in mm -hmm. 10 minutes for this person tells me that you know, we need to do X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I think there is there is no one single test that in isolation, as we're looking at, you know, uh, assessing clients, and uh, there's no one single test that really gives us a full picture and lets us know if that's truly something that we need to focus on or not. Mm -hmm. You know, t all the assessments need to be looked at kind of together so we can create kind of a, a picture of where people f sit on a fitness continuum in a variety of different, you know, movement, strength, energy system capacities. Um, I think the other thing you were saying is that, you know, basically what you said is the simpler the test, you know, potentially the more powerful the information is for more people. Mm -hmm. um, if we provide you with a, a really complicated series of movements where your your performance is maybe going to be dictated uh, by or you know is going to depend upon your knowledge of how to perform or execute you know the, the movement given then if you're just unfamiliar with it then you might really not get a clear sense of this person's you know work capacity for example so it's like you got to jump on a box you got to throw a wall ball you got to do a toes to bar okay well this person's never done a toes to bar before so they're going to spend half the test figuring out trying to figure out how to do a toast bar which in itself could be a good you know opportunity to see how this person learns and if that's what they say they want to be good at they come to you and say i want to be really good at doing box jumps and wall balls and toast bar well then you want to test them on that and you want to see okay well you don't know how to do a toast bar this really was helpful then you can assess more properly beyond that but as a general like work capacity test for a lot of people maybe that misses kind of a a good, you know, a big sample of the population versus the test you're talking about, which is like a 10 minute bike max calorie test. And I honestly not sure who really came up with who's, who really started popularizing that test. I don't, I know that my coach and our, you know, our mentors, uh, at OPEX fit, they've done that testing for a long time. That's where I got it for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's basically, uh, you know, a lot of people do it on the assault bike. Now, once upon a time it was on the airdyne bike it's basically any bike that's got arm cranks you know and pedals so yeah. you're kind of pedaling and pu pushing and pulling with your arm and they're extremely uh potent you know tools of fitness um it's just hey you put somebody on a bike you adjust the seat height you know to sort of a standardized height for the person and they just race for 10 minutes and try and accumulate the maximum amount of calories in that time and from something as simple as just a bike, get a ton of information from somebody. One, you get a, a score, their basically average power output for 10 minutes. You can learn what that is. Um, you can also see, like you said, you can understand, well, did this person know what it meant to race for 10 minutes? Or did they sprint for a minute? Kind of 
go into a lactic haze for the middle eight minutes and then kind of wake up for the last minute? Yeah. Um, did they try and game it too much? Were they, you know, are they more of a, a thinking cerebral athlete that's like, okay, I got this plan, you know, or do they know how to tolerate pain? Um, are they, are they just re- relatively new they, or they're afraid of getting uncomfortable? And you can watch all that stuff with a client. Um, and, and then, you know, scores on a bike like that also need to be adjusted for people's, you know, body mass and their, you know, their, so their weight, right? Weight adjustment. And we already talked about you being yeah. on an assault bike doing 21 calories versus me. It's a big difference. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't anticipate you coming in with a score of 200 on the 10 minute score on 10 minute assault bike test. If you did weight adjusted, that would, that would be the best score we'd ever seen. You know? <laughs> um, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it's, there is no like, so I think, you know, one of your questions was like, is there like a good standardized you know number for that? Um, no, there isn't, you know, you have to look at these things relative to the client, relative to their goals. Um, but one of the things we just spoke about is that, you know, the simpler the test, the maybe the more you can gain from it, you know, so um, knowing what simple tests can look like and, and that in itself can take creativity to even think like, gosh, how do I get more information with just something very simple from, from a client? Yeah. Uh, I just use the 10 minute salt bike as like one, but you're right. There's many different ones. Like we've got the 30, 30 test, 30 seconds on the rower, 30 seconds rest times four. Yeah. What, what do all four of those efforts kind of look like? Yeah. Um, then you got the 60 minute row, which is also another huge indicator of like, yeah. well, what's your capacity to pace and stuff like that. And then for more advanced athletes, you can, you know, like you said, you can get creative with like, okay, let's see what your ability to do toast to bar mixed with like, you know, burpees or yeah. whatever kind of looks like. Um, so this is one of the reasons why I really like the case studies that we do every Thursday. You know, we yeah. have a coaches meeting every Thursday and it's long. <laughs> it's it's like uh, we, we go from 11 to one, it's two hours, right? Yeah. And we dig deep, like, you know, whoever's presenting the case study that day goes into like all the assessments that were done for like this one particular client. Sure. And then we go back and forth like, hey, why'd you prescribe this? Um, and it's like you've got four different eyes checking on that one person. Totally. There's a lot of learning that happens for everybody there person presenting and everybody kind of watching so I guess what would be kind of uh, helpful is like let's let's use me as an example Mm -hmm. is you know you know okay the 21 calories like that would be crazy for me on the assault bike (laughs) it's hard Um, on the 10 minute assault bike test you know I may not produce 200 calories but like let's say based off of some of these tests that we're talking about Mm -hmm. um, based off how I perform what what would some more specific breathing progressions for me kind of look like yeah um yeah like you don't have to get super detailed but just where what's your gut kind of telling you like okay this is this might be a good place for you to start yeah i mean uh, when um you know maybe there's a context that people can connect with and understand um when somebody arrives at the gym and they have never done weight training before you know you're probably not going to teach them a snatch Mm -hmm. you know you're probably going to try and teach them how to squat and make sure that they can actually get into a full range of motion squat before you might load them. So it's like, let's teach an air squat. That for somebody might look like a bench squat first. 
you know, that progresses to an air squat, that progresses to a goblet squat, that progresses to a front squat, and so forth. Um, similarly with, like, you know, we, we so we, the, the takeaway there is let's start simple. Let's start with the fundamentals. Let's start with the foundation. Um, and, 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 again, some people might not even be ready for a bench squat, so we have to be prepared for thinking even simpler than that. So really simple. So, you know, we, we just identify, let's say we identify, we give, we put you through a battery of tests and I see that, you know, <clears throat> relative to people that we have evaluated or that I know other coaching systems have evaluated, like you have pretty great, you know, lifting numbers, right? You've, you know, competitive in your weight division in Olympic weightlifting and you, you know, uh, didn't have a lot of, uh, you were not comfortable doing a 10 minute assault bike right? <laughs> <Not at all. laughs> or we put you on a rower for an hour and you had to take five breaks and you <laughs> cramped in your back and you didn't like all, all those highly possible, very, very likely <laughs> you drank more water. You took more water breaks than you accumulated meters. Um, but if that's the case, then I'm like, okay, well, you know, you're, you're kind of, let's say you're, we'll just say you're in that category of bench squat. We gotta, we gotta bench squat you in your breathing work, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, depending on the client and depending on the person, like that could look as simple as, hey, you need to go and walk for thirty minutes straight without stopping continuously, you know, or you need to get on the bike and you need to pedal for thirty minutes at forty RPMs, very slow. Like it feels slow, but you have to do it for thirty minutes continuously, you know. Um, or maybe it's time to go on a hike, you know, and I want you to wear your backpack and I want you to fill it with some books so you have a little weight. And I want you to make sure that you don't stop moving for 60 minutes out on a hike, you know. And so that's like very basic, you know, bench squat material, right? And then you move up to the air squat. Okay, now we're going to maybe do five minutes on the bike at a 50 RPM. After five minutes, you can go and walk around the building and you come back, you're going to do it again. And you're going to do it again. You're going to do it again until you've accumulated 30 minutes. But you're going to take those little breaks in between. So it's a little bit more manageable for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we do that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And we, you know, give you more repetitions doing it. And then, okay, it's time to move up to the goblet squat of breathing. Okay, we're going to go with a three-minute, you know, on the bike. And you're going to go at 55 RPMs. And then you're going to take a three-minute you know, three break. And you're going to repeat, rinse, and repeat. You know, so this is just a a very crude way of thinking about it, but, mm -hmm. you know, really go back to the basics. And I think that's where a lot of people make the mistake is that they, they, they see circuit training or CrossFit or high intensity stuff. And they see people breathing hard and they're like, Oh, that's how I do my, do my conditioning. Well, that's super complex. It's super complicated. It's very difficult to learn how to pace yourself when you're having to worry about the variables of like landing on the box correctly, getting your toes to strike the bar at the right time and kipping and then throwing the ball to hit the target and doing enough reps and then your muscles hurt and like f forget about what you're, how you're breathing or how you're managing your, you know, system. Um, there's just too many other variables to think about uh, for most people. So um, yeah, it's kind of like, and then from there, of course, there's the front squat, you know, equivalent of uh, the bike. And then, and then maybe at that point, it's time to test you again on the 10 minute. So you put you back on the 10 minutes, like, oh, I've got 
15 more calories this time. Like, okay, he's learning. He's learning. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you didn't get any more calories, but instead of going super fast, super slow, super fast, super slow for 10 minutes, you learned how to go the same pace the whole time, yeah. which is, that's progress if we're trying to teach you how to be more sustainable in a breathing environment. I can see, not only for myself, but I see that as somebody who's preparing for, let's say, the open as something so valuable. Like, yeah. it's such a, like a dark horse type of tool where like, man, if you learn that, it's gonna separate you from so many people because you just have this heightened sense of awareness and, and these different gears that you can control that many other people haven't caught on to yet or at their stage in their journey, like they're just discovering, you know, wow, there, there are other gears that I need to explore beyond 100 or zero. Yeah, I mean, it, it can, certainly for some people, it can be a game changer when it comes to, you know, something like the open. Um, and then for a huge percentage of the population, it's just about got to be strong enough and you got to learn how to do the reps mm -hmm. to be successful in the open. So yeah, there's a couple like big keys out there that would help a huge portion of the people. Like if you can't do a chest to bar, then that's where you should, you know, focus on getting stronger in your upper body pulling. Don't worry about breathing because when the workout's got chest to bars in it, you're not going to be able to complete it. Right. So, um, but there is certainly a large component of, you know, people, or a, a large percentage of people that participate in, in, you know, these events and they don't understand kind of true pacing and, and therefore they don't really get to express their potential, their true potential as, you know, athletes, uh, because they kind of burn themselves out in the first two minutes of a seven minute workout. And, uh, and that has so much to do with, you know, their training leading into it but also the adrenaline of competition if they're in a live competition where there's fans people are cheering you know they get out of there <laughs> it's just they get ahead of themselves right like ah oh, that was not how i practiced that you know i was so much more calm and practice but i got out here and i just got i got excited you know and mm -hmm. and that's where it's truly a sport and you have to learn how to play your sport right because i could be you know a, a minus three handicap golfer when i'm just playing in my you know on a weekend, but if I show up to the tournament and their pressure's on, like I'm struggling to, you know, sink putts and I have a bad round and, you know, it's like the pressure of competition can mess, mess up people's plans like that. So to that point, you got to put in thousands of hours of doing it. You yeah. Know? And, and those are the hours that, um, and repetitions that I've accumulated over the past seven years doing, doing that type of training. This leads me into thinking about uh, the why, which is something we've, we keep coming back to, you know, every guest that comes on, like there's always some hint at how important that why is. And I think if, if you've been following along for quite some time, like you've gotten some context around uh, how to find your why and, and why it's important, how it feeds into every other part of life. Um, and for me, I've been able to discover certain parts going through this, like, okay, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, maybe this will, sharing this will be a good example for other people to kind of investigate for themselves. But, like, I realized for me, just breathing a little bit better, getting a little bit stronger, um, exploring through this movement, like, my application of it is over the next. 10 years or so, right? I want to I want to dabble with like 
breakdancing, with jujitsu, mm -hmm. with a little bit of calisthenics, um, with florio, like Ido Portal style stuff, mm -hmm. like making movement look pretty and, yeah. and exploring like all the stuff I'm doing in the gym, how do I hang when it comes time to apply this in a completely different environment? Mm -hmm. That to me is like exciting, you know? Um, and so the individualization aspect of that for me, you know, couple a couple weeks ago I did that you know finished the conditioning piece and I told you how like dude I feel wiped like yeah for for like an hour after that I could just sit there sipping on my you know five rx recover <laughs> yeah like, just like not doing anything and um you were like you know maybe that this you know you hopping into this intensity zone is is not fulfilling for you it doesn't come back to what you were saying it doesn't align with what you were saying about mm -hmm. using training to have more energy throughout the day yeah to be more creative um and to um like a, you know for me like taking a taking a break dancing class or something mm -hmm. i can't i couldn't imagine like i want to do it but i can't imagine adding that on top of what i'm already doing yeah right so that becomes like okay there's all these pieces that i hadn't even like thought about and you brought that up for me just by like kind of putting a mirror in front of me mm -hmm. or, you know, from an outside perspective, being able to point that out. And that's extremely valuable, right? And then that for me was like, okay, how do we adjust that? Because I think if you have the mindset of like, you're almost like this machine that you can like optimize, you know, you can feed yourself different types of foods, different types of training and movement, different types of art um, to, I don't know, get fulfillment whatever it is you're looking for at least i i view myself and like my day-to-day -day that way like yeah. i can organize it the way that i want to to get the most bang for my buck and that's yeah. how i view uh training as well and that's where that the value of uh individualization for somebody who's not competing which yeah. is not me like my goal isn't competition but somebody who's just looking to explore and that's my why that's where i kind of saw the value when you were able to point that out for me sure i was like oh shit like okay we can, yeah like we could tweak like i could keep doing you know 3.0 yeah and you know the breathing progressions i could have things that uh are more specific to me sure. um i could i could somehow figure out you know how this training volume can i cut this down so that i can now do a day of break dancing and then practice this skill work on my own yeah like that to me is exciting it brings excitement back into training and yeah it's, it's me moving closer and closer and and yeah, it just it makes the whole process so much more fulfilling. And I've seen how this propels me into like creative endeavors and stuff, which I value a lot and how it sure. helps me with other clients and things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I, for me, like that individualization aspect has just, it's come out over time and, and I'm discovering it through these little like conversations and bits and pieces here and there. Yeah, I think, I think you're, you know, and, and I'm glad that I was able to say that at the right time or see it, you know, happen and um, just reflect that back to you, right? Because it's, uh, and it's something I think a lot of people um, are experiencing and they're just kind of not really aware of it. Um, they're blind to it. And what I'm speaking to and what you were speaking to is this, this, my, your training becomes like sort of an all-consuming thing where you got to you got to take the pre-workout to do the training because you got to get enough energy to do it. And then 
you know, after the training, you're so wiped out from the training that you don't feel like doing much else. And if I were to ask you, why did you start training in the first place? Like, it's like, well, cause I wanted to feel better and I wanted to have more energy and I wanted to look better. And I'm like, okay, well, where does, you know, where, how closely are aligned is your training program right now? Like mm-hmm. you got to take, and I'm not saying you take pre-workouts, like, you know, five scoops for, before a session, but people are, you know, yeah. they're throwing back pre-workouts and they're, you know, drinking all the potions. And then they're like, you know, going, taking naps after training and they're not really able to focus at work because they just had a hard session. I'm like, is that what you were after when you started this? Um, or did it just kind of, you just sort of spiraled a little bit, you know, into something that you hadn't planned on. Therefore having somebody around to kind of reflect back to you and ask those tough questions and, uh, and then know that like, okay, well there is an alternative. There's another way to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, that can still make you look good, feel good and have create, you know, bring creativity into the rest of your life, you know, inspire creativity. Um, which for me is, has been such a interesting balance over the past eight years, right? Cause I, i I fell in love with training before there was competitive tr- fitness. Yeah. That, I mean, I was playing sport in college, but you know, it was, I was riding the bench. So I wasn't exactly, I mean, I was training cause I loved it and I was training cause I wanted to get better. Um, and I didn't like have the anxiety and the stress of like, you know, game day or anything like that. Um, and you know, the training I needed to do to get better, just, it was, it served my kind of bigger, you know, purpose and goals and what I wanted. And then I get into, so I get really into fitness and training and it's like, I got to choose what I wanted to do. I went and did this. Oh, that was hard, but it made me feel good. I felt energetic, you know? And then, um, you know, I lifted weights. Oh, that felt good. You know, I go for a bike ride. Oh, it felt great. You know, I feel energetic and I'm getting more fit and I look good. And, um, and then someone's like, Hey, try this thing where you can like compete against other people, like lifting weights and running. I'm like, Oh, cool. And for a little bit, it felt like that too. And then very quickly it turned into something where I was like, man, this is hard. Like I'm sore and man, I get nervous when I go to compete. And, you know, some of these training sessions are brutal. Like I can barely, you know, I'm, I'm really overstressed and, you know, I'm injured. And, um, yeah, that was a number of years of that, you know? And so I'm making this conscious choice to do that. Uh, even though my passion for training came from look good, feel good, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) look good, move well kind of thing. And then I'm competing in fitness and, and then I make that my goal for a little while. And I sacrifice some of that feel good because it, it didn't feel good for a lot of it. Um, uh, and you know, it's, and so anyway, yeah, it's, uh, and then, you know, the individual journey for me continues still to this day where I'm now juggling more factors in my life and knowing I want to feel good and show up for my family and show up for work and my, you know, coaches in a way that I'm present. And, you know, (laughs) I was telling you this morning, I got some workouts prescribed to me today from my coach that I read last night. And I was terrified when I read them. I haven't been nervous looking at my own workout plan in like probably eight months, you know, since I, I think February 19th, I did the, or February, sorry, that was, that was Noah's birthday. February like 23rd, they announced a workout, the open, first open workout. And I, of course, got nervous and was like stressed about it and did the workout. And then 
you know, the rest is history. I kind of withdrew from the open and so forth, but it's been a long time. And I was like, oh, you know, like <laughs> I read it before I went to bed and sleep great. Like Megan's trying to talk to me. I'm like totally in another place, like thinking of, so it's amazing what like just a simple prescription can do for a client. You know, it can, it can consume their thoughts. It can, you know, stress them out or it can, you know, do the other thing. Right. And, and there's always a balance for each person, you know, I don't want to just let you coast through life and never, you know, have to face something physically challenging. I don't want you to just, you know, and I don't want you to show up four out of the five days a week and, you know, be in like kind of a lactic stupor for the last, for the next hour after you finish training, you know, where you're just on the floor and you're not being productive. So, well, those are two perfect examples. Like you are a competitive athlete that still has a, a bunch of other priorities um, that you're also trying to pursue and there's individualization around that mm-hmm. and then for me it's like I don't have competitive aspirations but I yeah. have you know I see it as a way of feeding creativity and exploring movement mm-hmm. and the reason I bring that up is because for somebody who's outside of you know our system and the you know and, and uh, the OPEX education system and even me before actually I was you know I was here and, yeah. and, and immersed in this like I thought like who would who that doesn't compete would sign a year contract to work with a coach and pay this much money to work with a coach like it it, it didn't register it doesn't register for a lot of people like why do I need that yeah you know? and to me it came back to uh, seeing like when we fine-tune these things and when things are aligned it brings fulfillment in a lot of different ways that's Mm -hmm. beyond training. And I think we're exploring that more and more as we're working with clients. Um, You know, a a great example is like somebody who, you know, reached out. He's a, he follows me on Instagram, not a client or anything, but like I've had a couple conversations back and forth with him and I didn't even read his full message yet, but it said like, what is the importance of rest days? I haven't taken a rest day in over a year. Yeah. And his goal is, I know from previously talking to him a little bit is like to gain weight. He wants yeah. to put on weight. So him not taking rest days and then wanting to gain weight, like of course we'll investigate that a little bit more, but immediately there's this misalignment. Yeah. And maybe he doesn't see, but like yeah. I can see it from the outside. Totally. Right. And um, another example is Scotty, right? Scotty was saying the other day, like, you know, I had a consult uh, with, with Marcus and, you know, I was telling him that I was feeling a little bit more like burned out and like tired of like working out. So his sessions in the gym are like two days per week or something. Yeah. And three days he's outside. He's like surfing one day a week and like, I don't know, doing like mountain biking, mountain biking, yoga. Yeah. So it's designed based off of like, okay, at one point, a couple months ago that was serving him. And now it's not because maybe he's gotten a little busier with work or who knows what, Mm -hmm. but like, it's evolving and he doesn't have any competitive aspirations. Yeah. He's just an everyday kind of guy. Yeah. He's fine tuned, you know, this system to be able to propel him in a bunch of different areas. Yes. And and for me, I see I see this, I'm curious to hear your thoughts is like having a coach is like, you know, it's like this mentor, mentee type of relationship or apprenticeship type of model, which I have deeply believed in. Like I think for me personally, learning that way mm-hmm. is the most valuable. It's like how how craftsmanship was like taught to people in mm-hmm. in the olden days, and uh, how you learn like a specific trade. For me, it was like 
I get a heightened uh, sense of learning when I'm, you know, like we're, we're doing those case studies, right? Yeah. Like I'm absorbing things so much faster. Sure. Um, and that's the reason I think partly like why I, you know, went from one side of the coast to the other to be able to pursue that apprenticeship mentor mentee type of thing because I saw the value not only in training but like in everything else too mm -hmm. um, and I don't know like I think having you know I'm sure you see it all the time we see it with ideas like it goes beyond the training aspect like having somebody who listens to you yeah um, who can hear what you're saying who can reflect certain things back to you it's more valuable than we can imagine and mm -hmm. I think as technology continues to evolve and makes leaps and bounds and we become more busy and we're looking at a screen even more than we already are yeah that one-to-one -one connection becomes even more important yeah i think you hit some really key points there you know i think the uh why would somebody need a coach you know it starts by understanding that the coaching relationship is a bigger relationship than just writing the program you know it's uh somebody who's there to be you know, a support to you and help maintain consistency in your life when things change. So <laughs> that's kind of a weird s statement I just made. Um, but there are certain elements that people are looking for that wa they want to remain consistent, want to look good, want to feel good, want to have energy, want to, you know, be, you know, quote unquote healthy. Okay, well, you know, you're going, it's, it's a new season. Uh, it's like it's not summer anymore it's winter so you love being outdoors now you can't be outdoors as much you know and you want to maintain all of that other stuff in your life you want to have energy when you get to work you want to have a schedule you want to, like are you going to go out and figure out what the next best thing for you to do for movement is how about for your food you know some people have the ability to do that to quarterback their own health and fitness journey you know it's a limited group people that have enough self-awareness to know what the right thing to do at the right time, you know, with the right prescription, the right exercise program, the right sleep skill, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, the vast majority of people are just, they'll end up spending a lot of time in transition throughout their life because they're trying to figure out what they need, what they need. Oh, I gotta go do this, or oh, I, you know, I, I can't do that workout program anymore three weeks goes by, four weeks goes by, oh, they finally find the next program to do, right? And so you look at their whole year, they end up wasting eight to 16 weeks of transition trying to figure out how do I move from one thing to the next when my old routines stop working, right? Or stop feeling like they're aligned with me. And that's where like having individual coaches is, you know, so powerful. It just makes those transition periods, which still happen for people, it just minimizes the time and it helps anticipate when they're going to come and it helps the client work through what they need and have somebody to reflect that off of and uh you know have somebody with with a bigger scope of the fitness you know health continuum that's out there and what's possible um, and that's as coaches why we need to continue to push ourselves to learn more and to get out and see different methods of training and different methods of health and fitness so that when the client that comes to us is primed and ready for a change, we're ready to offer them a solution or a, a next step and guide them through it so that they're not spending their whole, you know, <laughs> month of October figuring out well, what should I do for the fall, you know? Mm -hmm. And during that month of October, when they were trying to figure it out, they got in zero workouts, their food went kind of 
off the rails because they didn't have movement to keep them motivated to eat good, make good choices in the kitchen. And so November starts and they're, you know, they put on six pounds and they're like, what the heck? You know, I, I lost all my progress from the summer and that happens to so many people. And it's, uh, you know, it's the, it's hot. It's the, it's the fit health and fitness merry-go-round. It's like, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go to this one. I'm going to go to this one. I'm going to try this one. I'm going to try this one. And it's like, you know, if you, if you have somebody to help guide that, a coach, then guess what? You know, you're still going to be able to evolve and make change and, you know, transition in your life through different fitness methods and, you know, models and your food isn't going to look the same every single day for the rest of your life. You're going to have variety and you're going to learn how to incorporate that in your life. Uh, but you're just going to be able to smoothly transition through those things and have somebody to catch you when things are difficult or when you kind of get away from what you're really wanting in your alignment, you know, when you, you know, you, you're sitting there like in a haze after your workout and Marcus comes up to you and says, Hey, what's going on, man? You're kind of out of it right now. Like, yeah, man, I can't do anything. I was so hard. I'm like, maybe this isn't, you know, aligned with what you need right now. Right. <laughs> maybe you need two less sets or something. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's such a, it's such a good awareness that you've had. And, um, you know, and I, we, we hope to get more people to understand that experience that appreciate that. And, and also I know that not everyone's going to hire an individual coach, mm -hmm. you know, um, and you know, then what else can we offer them? Well, we can offer them awaken training series as an opportunity to, you know, learn new principles, uh, bring new things into their life, um, expose them to, you know, a new philosophy that maybe they've never seen before. And, and for that, I think it's still such a valuable tool for us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Awaken training series being a, you know, system of training that you can use to learn. And you encourage this a lot. Like when coaches are asking, you know, how do, how do I learn about these principles a little bit deeper? Because I want to share this with some of my clients. You're like, you know what? the best way is to learn through doing like experiment with this stuff a lot i know james says that a lot too is like yeah you gotta get that's in where there. i learned it from yeah you gotta you gotta For go sure. in and put in the contractions like and i see that in so many areas like you know going through ccp you learn things in like a certain module and then you know we're asked to like apply it to a certain client it's a different game <laughs> you know yeah. you sit down and you try to apply um you're gonna uncover things along the way that helps that learning process so for coaches that are trying to investigate these principles a little bit deeper and learn more about their week and training uh, series experience, mm -hmm. um, you know, you have a the educational experience is something that on a very small scale, just kind of dabbling and testing with yeah. um, at the moment. Tell me a little bit about kind of, you know, your thought process behind that. Yeah, I mean, I've, uh, you know, I've been uh, coached, you know, individually for a long time. I've also, during that overlap, that whole time frame, I've also been learning to be a coach, um, through my own exploration through CCP, through, um, you know, ex you know, basically experience of coaching clients, group settings, individual settings for a long time and having, you know, somebody, a mentor, my own coach that I'm like, as you said, I'm experiencing my own training and then using some of the principles that 
you know, I'm learning to apply to coach to, to my clients, excuse me, I'm learning to apply those principles to my clients. I'm experiencing them myself. I have a, a coach and a mentor of my own to kind of bounce ideas off of. It was a really great, um, you know, it was a great marriage of those two things in my life that allowed me to really elevate my understanding of, of health and fitness and exercise prescription. Um, and so I've always known that, like, you know, I'd say 20, 50% of my clients, individual clients, both remote and on-site, are coaches themselves. And they get a ton of value out of having me as a resource in their you know, coaching journey as well as their athletic journey. Mm-hmm. So when it came to um, Awaken Training Series, you know, we're exposing people to some, many people to something new. They haven't seen some of these you know, movements before or pairings of movements or um, certain, you know, methods or prescriptions or philosophies, and they want to understand deeper for their own, you know, knowledge, but also so that they can upgrade themselves as like, not necessarily just coaches, but just like people that know about fitness, right? I mean, before I was ever a coach, I lifted weights and I love to teach people about it. You know, I didn't, I wouldn't call myself a coach yet, you know, and there's people that are doing awakened training series that don't like coach professionally or have like, you know, they don't make their living doing it. But I promise you, they love fitness enough where they're going to tell everybody that they, you know, work with at the office. Like, oh, yeah, you got to do this thing. It's, you know, let me teach you about how to do these curls. Like, oh, you should know you got to do the 21s. Like they're this way. And they love to talk about that, you know, and they got to have knowledge to share with other people. That gives, that's, that drives a lot of people's uh, purpose. It's like, you know, I'm able to share my passion, my experience with others. So um, that's kind of where we came up with the idea to, to do like a small group, uh, beta group of people that are going to get some, you know, mentorship in Awaken Training Series from a coach who has a ton of knowledge and experience in it. And that, you know, that person being you, Ms. <laughs> so um, people are signing up to basically have like a, you know, the, the, an elevated experience through Awaken Training Series where they have somebody to give them a little bit more of the why behind what they just did. Um, you know, in addition, you and I are going to put together some content for those people so that they can, um, they can kind of hear from me as well, like what some of the thinking was going into it. And, um, and really it's just, again, it's just a way to, you know, enhance the experience for the person that wants to be able to maybe, you know, share it with their, uh, clients or share it with their friends or, you know, or really just have a better understanding for themselves so they can get more out of the training in the future and, um, and for the rest of, you know, their life potentially if they take some of these principles with them for years to come. Yeah, I, I immediately think of Lucas, mm-hmm. who is, uh, he completed, he's, this week he's completing Awaken Training Series 1.0, yeah. and he's starting uh, remote coaching with me on Monday, Yeah, and he's also going to be a part of the educational experience, Yeah, and he's just super excited about bringing a lot of this stuff to the clients that he works with he's already doing some of that but to have more direction around it like i'm excited to watch his journey and see how he takes a lot of the things we're doing and then the things that we're going to be going through in the educational experience and what's the application of that how does that kind of manifest for him um now i guess so with the educational experience something you emphasize is like we you want people to go through it. It, it, whether they've gone through 1.0 or 2.0, like, or they haven't, uh, they haven't gone through it. 
like we're not you're not just giving away like the content of the education experience by itself it's like yeah you got to sign up and you got to be a participant because that learning through doing is such a critical piece in all of this yeah totally yeah this is uh you know the best tool the best educational tool that we're offering right now is just the awaken training series it's like if you go do it you're gonna you're gonna learn so much you know um and then if you uh you know that's been you know that's something i talk about with my coaches our coaches all the time it's like you guys got to experience this stuff um you know learn that straight from james and uh, have learned myself for many years deeply some of these principles and that's an area where i felt like a really one of the best students was i could really experience this and then translate that into words for people or into exercise prescriptions for people um and I'm still refining that as I go. So, yeah, definitely experience. You know, get in there, try it, um, try this stuff. You know, whether it be through Awaken Training Series or hiring one of our coaches, um, get a a dose, and uh, and then as you go through this and you get you know experience doing it, the questions start to come up, and that's when it's good to have a place to ask those questions and to know where to go to get some answers. You know, and you know, we're providing one, one source. And of course, you know, our, our resource is OPEX and they provide great resources too, to understand some of these principles as well. And, uh, so anyway, it's just, a it's an opportunity to sort of deepen that understanding a little bit. Um, once you've already had a little bit of, you know, hands-on experience with it. You, you hit the nail on the head when you said, as you're going through it, then the questions start to come up. And that's when like the learning really happens, right? Yeah. And that kind of, for me, I can think of like, okay, learning what we're doing in CCP, learning what you taught in case studies, apply it. Okay, what questions do I have? Yeah. Um, literally last night, Carl Paoli posted a six step basic thing to uh, break dancing, right? Oh like yeah. Learning the first, uh, like the fundamental aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and I immediately like messaged him, I was like, dude, I want to see you like talk more about this because he ended that video saying, um, you know, try this yourself and you're going to have more questions. Like this is going to bring up more questions about movement for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like, you're right. Because me watching that, it looks easy and it's like, okay, I, I get it. I see what yeah. he's doing. But I know the second that I mess around with it later today, I'm going to be like, whoa, like what yeah. came up here? You know, yeah. that's where that learning happens. I get that. I get that question often on um, Instagram, people DM me, Hey, what's this exercise good for? Like on functional bodybuilding, they mm -hmm. see the exercise of the day. And I say, well, did you try it? And they're like, no, not yet. I'm like, go try it. And then ask me again, you know, like, cause you're going to have, you're, you're going to come up with an answer yourself. Yeah. And that one is often more important than the answer I might give you because you really can like understand more deeply, like, Hey, this is what I felt, and then the question that comes after that is is going to inform that even more. So, you know, get a get an experience doing it before you you know fill yourself with a with an answer, and um, and that's kind of that that has so much carryover to so many things that we do in coaching. You know, from how we do nutrition coaching, it's like mm. someone's like, "Tell me what to eat." I'm like, "Yeah, wait a minute." Yeah. Right. Like, what did what did you already eat? You know, what did you eat first? Okay. How did that make you feel? Okay. You know. Let's manipulate this one thing. All right, go try that now. How did that make you feel? You know, what did you notice? How'd your body change? Okay, let's try this, you know, and there's got to be some doing before we just slap a bunch of, you know, knowledge and answers on people because then 
they're just it's, it's just not going to as deeply ingrain into who they are and what they know yeah absolutely um cool so i want to i want to hit you with one rapid fire it's one of my newer ones oh so boy let's see let's see how this goes so let's say um well this is more just just can i just say one more thing yeah. before we get into that i think the viewers will find this uh amusing yesterday in our coaches meeting can we talk about this for a second yeah. we had an experience we were doing some coach development we we're um trying to uh let's see we we're trying to really just learn more deeply how to connect with our clients and with each other as a team of coaches yeah and so um the icebreaker drill that we did was we stood up misba and you and me we stared at each other in the eyes for two <laughs> minutes straight, dead silent. And I swear, I feel like I learned more about you in those two minutes than I've learned over the past six months or seven months of getting to know you. And uh, if if anybody out there wants to, like, they have a partner or somebody they work with, I encourage you guys to try this exercise. And it's just stand up, hands at your side. Nobody's talking. No, You're not allowed to talk. Try and go for three minutes of just direct eye contact. Yeah, it's insane how, because before we did that yesterday, I was I had experience doing it at a thing called Speaking Circle. Yeah. And it was with an older woman who she was in a lot of pain. Like at that, she came into that with like so many like physical ailments that were, you know, just bothering her. And she was expressing that like that was going on um and yeah there it's uncomfortable there there's some discomfort at first when you guys are like just there's no talking you laugh a little bit at first yeah but then it was like this like human to human type of connection that you can't describe like it, it made us realize like how much we fill space like yeah we don't have negative space it's just like anytime there's some silence or whatever it's like small talk here yep. small talk there um yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think I think what you just said that just trying that exercise alone, yeah, is, is so valuable. Totally, yeah. Negative space doesn't work well on podcasts. <laughs> well, you know what, <laughs> dude? I've learned that it does. But me listening to myself, like, I do that. I have this instinct to like fill the negative space right away. Right. When like I should slow down a little bit more. But it's it's been a work in progress. It's something I've been paying attention <laughs> yeah. to a little yeah, bit yeah, more. Yeah. All right, um, rapid fire me, yo. Yeah. So, um, for actually, first before the rapid fire, mm -hmm. I want to bring this up. Like, you put out a lot of content on social media, and, yeah. and I've been doing that now as well. And I see, I got somebody, you know, messaged me and was like, "Must be nice to work out all day." And yeah. I was like, "Whoa, is that yeah. the vibe <laughs> that, that you're getting?" Just because I'm posting a couple times a day, like, yeah. Work, like people think that that's. All I'm doing all day, and I'm like, dude. Oh, Miz, you just you just pushed his buttons. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> but no, but that rang for me is like, I'm sure that happens to you. Like people look at yeah. you and they're like, oh, he just trains all day. And yeah. after being, you know, with you like throughout the day and seeing what your schedule is like, yeah, it's like it's crazy because it's so you know you come in, you have consoles going on, you're, uh, you know, you have another business that you're a part of that you have responsibilities for yeah. then you have uh, a baby and then you have to do, get your am session in back to consults do some programming coaching development that's a lot of uh you're putting a lot of time and energy into that yeah. so it's like you know i don't know walk, walk tell me a little bit about kind of what the real 
life schedule for you looks like. I mean, yeah. being an athlete, um, having a baby, you know, family, uh, run, being a part of two businesses, coaching yeah. development, like walk me through that really quick. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's chaos. <laughs> it's organized chaos right now. Um, and it's welcomed, uh, because I, it's all things I want to be doing, but, uh, yeah, I mean, what's on social media is the training, you know, mm-hmm. um, I am an athlete, you know, you called me a competitive athlete earlier. Um, to be a competitive athlete, you have to be doing competitions. So <laughs> I haven't done a competition in a while. Um, so I'm just an athlete right now. And, um, and yeah, and that's, that's a great, that's just been my, ex, that's how I express a lot of what's happening for me, you know, mm-hmm. from a coaching perspective, as an athlete, you know, um, as a business owner, it all kind of can get, you know, expressed through the social media channel. So that's what people are seeing. Um, yeah, I get the question like, do you ever take rest days? And I'm like, you know, just because I posted it on Thursday doesn't mean I did that workout today. (laughs) So yes, I, I, we rest, you know, Thursday, Sunday, no, no exercise. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I still train more than the average person for sure. Um, and to be honest, it's, it's probably the thing that is, you know, creating it's, it creates time conflict in my life. You know, I still want to get my training in and I'm, it's, I'm, I'm feeling pulled in a lot of other directions. So, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, you know, got about a a 60 minute AM session, (laughs) which is basically where I refine my pacing and my breathing work. Um, and then there's a, a, a 90 minute to two hour PM session where I continue to develop my strength and skill and, um, you know, ability to apply breathing practices into mixed modal stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's it, you know, and there's not 30 minutes of warm up and 30 minutes of cool down. And I don't do tons of mobility at night. And that's, that's it. Like I turn it on, lace them up, get the workout in and then shut it down, which is different than it was years ago, uh, when I didn't have the business, the multiple businesses, the, you know, multiple coaches working underneath me, um, side by side with me, I should say. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and you know, baby and uh, wife and a house and those things. So, um, things, the landscape's changing for sure. Um, and I still get to connect with clients on a weekly basis, which is great. I still get to connect with the coaches. Um, I get to be creative. Um, I get to spend time with my family and yeah, I mean, I wish there was another five hours in the day. Yeah. It'd be awesome. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll keep, uh, keep trying to find the balance in all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I always think it's great to look at people's routines and their day to day, um, just because it can be, and it's so easy with social media and, and just kind of your perception of a person of like what's going on with them. Yeah. Um, when it's so much deeper and I don't know, it's always interesting to dig into that. Yeah. I mean, social media has to be seen for what it is, you know, and, and I, I've had a lot of clients, um, and one particular recently that's, you know, it, it, it can have a negative impact in that it can give a false perception of what's real, what's out there. You know, I mean, I'm not training all day, every day, you know, and I might show, you know, a total of 5% of my training, mm-hmm. 
you know, the other 95% is different, you know, and, um, you know, and, and that's happening for athletes, competitive athletes. They're showing the highlight reel and they're not showing the low light reel, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's where, you know, so I've had, it's happened to me. It's happened to my clients. Oh, I see so-and-so they're lifting so much weight and oh my gosh, they never take a rest day. They're just hitting it intensity all the time. And I'm like, do you think that's really happening? Like, and then they get down on themselves cause they're not PRing every day and they're not feeling a hundred percent every day. And it's just, it can create a little false sense out there. Um, so certainly I've tried to, you know, uh, be honest about that on, on social media as much as I can. And, um, you know, transparent really is the word. It's, it's not all, you know, uh, roses and peaches, you know, it's, uh, it's hard, you know, and I don't balance my life perfectly by any means. And it's a struggle sometimes, you know, and some days I'm like, man, maybe I shouldn't train today because I've got these other obligations that I need to do. And, um, you know, I think sometimes like it's three hours a day of training five days a week. Does that even support what is most my highest value right now in life. Um, and sometimes I'm, I have to like really think about that and I don't know, you know? So anyhow. Awesome. Okay. So rapid fire, right? Yep. I have noticed that anybody who has achieved a high level of success in anything, whether we're talking athletics, business, just personal fulfillment, you, you name it. I think that behind you know their journey at some point if we were to look back there came a point where you know you had to jump mm. and you didn't didn't know what was going to happen but you knew that you had to jump yeah and you know the parachute didn't open up right away you know you were torn up by cliffs clothes came off like and the parachute finally opened maybe much later than you kind of wanted it to yeah right can you think of you know a time that comes up for you that uh you know kind of matches the situation like totally think of a time that you jumped two very specific yeah okay, go for it jumped um i dropped out of medical school that was a big parachute you know jumping out of a plane moment for sure or hope the parachute catches me but i'm i gotta jump um you know i think it was 2009 uh no yeah 2009 i was my second year of medical school and I just was as depressed as I'd ever been in my life and I just knew I was not on the path towards what I was supposed to be doing um so you know the momentum was was strong behind me heading into that and uh you know I needed to literally like take a leap you know and I had a little bit of a safety net behind me you know I had a supportive family I had an option to return after a year, but it was scary for sure. Um, and then the second one was, you know, early 2016, I um, chose to dissolve my business partnership. So I'd been in a, a partnership for five years and had built a gym um, and a community uh, with my partners. And I knew that we were starting to kind of diverge in terms of what we wanted as partners um, the vision of our company. So, you know, it was, it was another jumping off point for me where, um, I real that, that time I, I didn't know what was going to come on the other end of it. And, um, for, I mean, I'm happy to report that we're a year and a half out. The parachute did, you know, uh, 
deploy and <laughs> we're <laughs> we are we are we're, we have a, we've had a soft landing and now we're running again you know which is great what kept you going through that when you didn't know that the parachute was going to kind of open up or maybe you did but how did you kind of pull yourself through that well i think with medical school i learned that i wasn't diversified as a person i had one thing and i had you know that was it uh, all my eggs were in a basket which if you're in the medical profession you're heading down that road or you're in pro, uh, professional school like you kind of have to be mm-hmm. um so as i got older i made the choice to not find myself in that position again so i was diversified in what i was capable of doing you know i had a lot of eggs in the business you know basket and i had put a lot into it over the years um but i was also you know leaving that business i still had competitive crossfit that season to really focus on which propelled me pretty far um i had a, a an individual coaching business that helped propel me you know and keep me going i had you know my my wife who i had just married a couple months prior uh shortly after that got pregnant um so i left the business and within i think two months of dissolving the partnership we were pregnant so you know these are strong motivators for sure and um all that really kept me going and and i think just uh you know probably having the first experience of knowing like okay like i recovered from a huge leap you know and it was it was the right thing to do and i ended up better off as a result of it so i kept that story in my head um on this most recent one it's amazing man um how can we support your journey uh, how could people kind of sign up for a weekend training series this is the third run of it uh, i believe registration opens up monday um, and then even the educational experience if people want to be a part of that mm-hmm. um, where would you like to point people to uh, people should head over to revival-strength.com uh, forward slash ATS, backslash ATS. Anyway, you go to our website, um, sign up for Awaken Training Series. Um, as, as you're listening to this, registration will be live, and it's an opportunity to experience something new and awaken something inside of you. Um, and it could be a jumping-off point to some deeper experiences that you have in fitness through revival strength. So, uh, go over there, see what we're about. Um, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, with the educational experience, if people want to be a part of that, I know that, um, you know, it's limited at like 15 people. Yes. An email going out today and and people already who are signed up. So that may be, who knows, it could be full by the time yep. this is out. Um, but I believe there will be like a wait list set up totally. that you know, people can kind of fill out if that's something they want to learn more about as well. Absolutely, yeah. If you guys are interested in, in maybe just a, another layer to the Awaken Training experience, you want to have uh, you know some mentorship over the next 12 weeks from MISBA um, and get some content from me in addition, in addition to the program, then... Um, yeah, look for look for an look for an opportunity to do that um, in an email that would come to you if you're on our email list, or you can email support at revival-strength.com, and uh, probably in the header just say Awaken Training Series Educational Experience, and we can get you uh, either signed up or on a wait list for that. Um, but that should be a really great addition that we're doing 3.0 this time around. 
Perfect, man. Well, thank you so much for coming back on and doing this. It's always a blast every time we get a chance to chat. I love it, man. Thanks again. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I appreciate you taking the time, tuning in, and lending me your ears. Two things I want to leave you with before you head out. Number one, if you are a coach or gym owner, head over to theairbornemind.com and check out some of the free resources we have for you there. Myself and a clinical psychologist are partnering together to create a course called The Art of Connection Through Questions. It's something I've loved and studied and has fulfilled me for years. And to be able to finally put this together in a way that's going to help other coaches and gym owners uh, connect deeply with their clients is super fulfilling for me. So if that sits well with you, head over to theairbornemind.com and check it out. Number two, leave a review on iTunes. It's the best compliment that you can give and it would mean the absolute world to me. But other than that, hope you enjoyed this one. Until next time.